Welcome to the Ravi Abuvala Show, where we show you how you can build a business that produces cash without you, so you can live the life you deserve. All right, so Lewis, very, very grateful to have you on the show here, my man. My first question for you, we kick it off, we ask everybody the exact same question. Obviously, you're an incredibly successful entrepreneur. You've helped hundreds of people in the financial education space. You've lived a really incredible lifestyle. You were just telling me a moment ago that you just came back from uh, Peru, your home country, traveling there with your family. So my question for you is, what is one decision that you've made, either in your personal or business life, that has helped eliminate almost all other decisions? That's a, that's a nice question. <laughs> Shit. Um, I would say the the number one decision was understanding the priorities of the things that I value most in my life. Because when we know those things in a specific order, right, let's say you get a million bucks in that specific order is how you're going to be spending those million dollars. Because there's a lot of people that want to be financially independent. But when you look at their values and the way that you come up with that is, you know, what are the things that you talk about? You could look at your bank account and check out the things that you've been spending money on. Right. The things that you have around you, those things all pretty much let you know what are the things that you value most in life. And there's a hierarchy to that, right? So then whenever you do get that money, for most people, financial independence is like all the way at the bottom. So they don't even have any money to actually build wealth, right? And at the end of the day, it's just a fantasy at that point. And so really understanding that if you know what your core values are and, and in a very specific order, then you can just build a life around that. So these values, you pretty much can guide your life by the values and that helps you like, if a, if a decision is presented to yourself, uh, you're able to be like, that's not aligned with my values, I just don't wanna do that. Right, exactly. Or you know that, okay, I need to get that done, but it's not within a priority of mine, so I delegate it. You know, you, you delegate the rest and you build a life around your top values and that's your purposes. So most of the time when I speak to entrepreneurs like yourself and I, I ask that first question, they always say like, hiring or I've had actually somebody else talk about values and I'm a big fan of values as well or they talk about uh, you know um, insecurities and typically when I hear someone talk about it like that snap moment that catalyst it means that they were doing it incorrectly for years and then they figure that out and now they're doing it correctly so did you used to maybe not have your values in order and was that like causing chaos in your life right so it was it was it's like you just become more self-aware right and also, you're not lying to yourself because you may you may think that, oh, yeah, you know, I love to travel. But really, is your life actually reflecting that? You know, a lot of people say like, oh, I want to do this and that. But really, your values are what your life is already displaying and just getting real about that, you know. And so I wasn't being real with myself when it came to a lot of those things. And so I had a coach, you know, walk me through this. And like we it took months to really understand what my values are and right when it clicked like I felt it you know internally and that's when I was like okay cool this is what I like you know financially this is what I like about my family you know health where's where's, where's fitness can you give me like give us a few examples of some of the values that you learned like whatever you'd be willing to share yeah yeah so for so number one for me is connection yeah. in in absolutely everything that I do uh in my company you know i need to be able to be interacting with other people even if it's through zoom calls obviously i prefer like in-person stuff right but at the end of the day for me it was uh connection uh finance uh being able to travel uh now fitness and and these things change over time too so that's why you need to reevaluate them you know from time to time because we're always evolving sure. right and so our values cons consistently change and so just a matter of being aware of that and continuing to build a life around that so and what was what were like what do you think some of the values that not not that you necessarily consciously were like these are my values before you actually sat down with this coach and decided what right. were some of your values previously like were you like my i used to value seems like i used to value for example drugs or isolation or like was there anything that you used to value that that showed up in your life previously that you had to adjust to get the values that you have right now yeah i would say one of them was uh dance is a big has been a part of a big part of my life and that whole culture you know they thrive on the whole starving artist mentality and they just own it right but to be wealthy and be a successful entrepreneur you know you really need to put more value on money as well 
And a lot of people also have this perception, right, that money is bad and all this, all this other stuff. But for me, money was a big void in my life, right? Coming from a third world country, we did not have that. And so by becoming a void, I began to own that, what, was, what I perceived as missing in, in my earlier uh, years of my life. And then when I realized like, oh shit, this is why I've been pursuing entrepreneurship because it was such a big void that now it became one of the biggest values of my life, right? And now I was able to really manifest that with the business that I run now. So that was, uh, that was a huge thing for me. Do you think that, do you think that you were programmed by, I guess the other dancers you were with or your parents or like, you know, to, to believe that money was bad? Where do you think that original, like, notion that like for me yeah it did come from my parents or okay so like for you where was that first notion that hey money's not a good thing or you there's no way lewis you could have money don't start thinking like where do you think that originally it came from yeah i i wouldn't say it was mostly from my family because my family was they were more on the on the page of like you know money it just isn't everything but it wasn't evil right because we still the only stress in my family literally came from money. money it was so much love so much we had everything just the only thing whenever it came to paying bills, stress would come out, you know? And so I would say it came from my peers. A lot of people really around me, you know, they would talk shit about people that were making money or make fun of rich people. And then you start kind of like, look at it. Okay, well, you know, maybe they're not the best type of people that exist. And obviously now all my friends, freaking millionaires, everybody <laughs> is the best type of people out there. But with having that notion that, you know, wealth is not necessarily a good thing and or like how people even make money, right? They lack that understanding because you need to be able to create value in order to get paid in exchange. But there's that disconnect, right? Because people try to separate, especially with dance, art and business, right? When they're literally the same thing. Yep. You, I, they, they, they need to go together. I had a, an incredible other guest on here named Jake Tran. He actually, while he was here, he hit a million subscribers on his YouTube and he oh, creates nice. these epic YouTube like documentaries. And he was talking the exact same thing. He says, most people like, oh, you can only be an artist. You can be a yeah. business. And he said, he nailed it the same way that you did, which I think it's cool having like creative people like you on here and him on here because yeah, I think there is just this and you know, obviously I've worked with thousands yeah. of businesses, a lot of them in the creative space. And it's like, oh, if I do that, if I systemize that, if I productize that, I'll lose my creativity. There's no way to have both of them together. And I think you kind of nailed it. I think they they set that limiting belief in that industry yeah. for themselves. And then like anything outside of that, they just say it's impossible. Right. 100% because I, I believe that dancers, like the only instrument that they use is their body you know, and they make absolutely anything entertaining visually, right? So, I mean, music is, is amazing. The artwork is great, but having somebody develop that skill set with their bodies and then literally be able to make all these music videos go viral as we've seen during the pandemic with TikTok, right? It's like, you can be great at your craft, but also you need, you, you need to make money. Yeah. Like, you can't just be broke. Like, I know so many world-class individuals that are you know pioneers in dance I've, I've gotten to meet and they are literally living paycheck to paycheck yeah it's kind of sad but i think you nailed it earlier when you said that it's obviously an exchange of value right so yeah. when you don't and i used to be around people too that would like harp on rich people and how terrible they were how mean they were but in reality it's the lack of someone actually providing value in a marketplace and value is not defined as if you're the best dancer if you're this or that it's like the value is defined as what somebody it's in the eye of the beholder. Right. So it's if somebody else thinks you're a great dancer and they think that that has value to them, then what you're doing is valuable. And I think that's maybe a disconnect. I see a lot of people making. So I want to transition because I, I think it's cool. You did the dance thing. And I knew that about you originally. And we've had that conversation. Obviously you're an awesome client of ours, but how did you go from like, we were just talking off camera a moment ago. Like, you know, you had tried everything before essentially the cash flow thing to get some money in the door so you can invest some stuff. You've done each coaching e-commerce. Like, so what was, what was the catalyst and what was the t kind of turning point for you from like doing the dance side of things to starting to be getting in maybe in this on, I know there's obviously a lot of people that are watching this, listening yeah. to this in the online world and everyone has their own story about how they got on. And I've talked about mine dozens of times. So for you, what was like, what was the first taste of that? Did you see an ad? Like what brought you into this world that you were like, Oh, maybe I should do something over here instead of dance. So as a dancer, I was already publishing on YouTube. Right. And that was kind of the initial, like, 
oh wow like people from different parts of the world are watching my shit <laughs> like <laughs> they're appreciating my work and so I was like okay this is pretty cool but i didn't think anything of it right i didn't think like oh i'm gonna start monetizing youtube like did not think of that at all i and then instagram and snapchat and you know all these other platforms started and you're always sharing your work you're always sharing out there and you start seeing the reach and then one day i saw an ad about this dude in his garage you know <laughs> <laughs> so ty lopez hits me with a course and i was like shit i i, I really want to be able to buy this and it was christmas time uh late 2016 how old were you i was uh 19 okay yeah 19 at the time and um i asked my parents to gift me that course for christmas so i was able to get it, it was 997 no, it was 700 bucks okay. at the time yeah, because he would like do these like pre-beta, pre-beta, beta, yeah, beta, yeah, beta, beta. Yeah. Um, so ended up getting it, literally sat through the entire like two week break, you know, that I had from school and just freaking binge watched all the content. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get business owners to give me a thousand dollars, you know, each and start making 10 grand a month. And this is for people that don't have context. Obviously, Ty Lopez, this is social right. media marketing. You're creating a social media marketing agency where you run ads, create content for small businesses. And right. they pay monthly retainer, right? Exactly. Exactly. So that's how kind of that idea was attractive to me because of my background, you know, me posting, oh, okay. I had already right. seen traction. So I'm like, oh shit, I could like monetize this because I'm already pretty good with social media, even though I had like no idea of what an algorithm, you know, does and like being able to learn all those things, right? So then I started to learn from Ty and from, from the program. So I'm like, okay, cool. I could actually implement this in my personal stuff, in my personal content. Um, but then, you know, you need to have like sales skills, which I've never sold in my life. So at that point, I'm like, okay, that was extremely discouraging. And I'm like, crap, I, I really need to learn all this, keep up with all these platforms that are consistently changing as well. It was extremely overwhelming, right? So that's kind of the transition that got me into like online business, internet marketing. And that's kind of wh where I started getting my feet wet. And did you, and it's, I, people rip on ties so much um all the time like and and i honestly so i bought the same program and like was it like, <laughs> who didn't <laughs> as, exactly exactly and as like a uh someone who creates like education online right now mm -hmm. do i think that it was absolutely the most revolutionary program in the world absolutely not no. right no, but no, not by any means of the imagination yeah. but also i think you could get away with more back then because there was less people doing right there wasn't as much competition right. but i gotta give the guy credit because there's so like you're so talented there's so many other people who who knows how, if you the path would have led here but so many people i talk to all start with that exact same pro uh, yeah i bought tyler including myself <laughs> dude i just think that that's, that's the origin story that's so funny so okay and I, and I have another video so i won't go into my story but like all right so obviously you're discouraged because you're like i don't know if i can do sales but you also have the skill set did you like how did walk me through the first client that you got if you got one like what was the transition like then from okay i know about this online world i bought this course to like now i'm going all in maybe you stop the dancing thing and you're like i'm right. an online entrepreneur at this point yeah no it, it was extremely tough to make that identity shift right especially online because all i would post was just dance stuff so i'm like man, if I start talking about this, us, people are going to be looking at me weird. Like people are going to be like, who does this guy think he is? Um, and I started getting into, you know, like filming myself, like talk, which was extremely awkward at the time. And everybody's giving me, you know, feedback from, from my peers and none, none of them are doing it. Right. I was like literally the only person in my circle that was trying out these different things. And so I would like to get into spaces where I would just be in front of strangers which which was online um but uh your question was about just transitioning in, like how uh, did you get your first client like did you ever sign a client yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah, so yeah, how, yeah. how did that happen yeah so from there i was extremely overwhelmed with all this stuff right and then i ended up seeing another ad now i'm just getting hit with all these agency ads right <laughs> and so i got hit with dan henry <laughs> and then henry i liked his approach because it was like okay we're just gonna do facebook lead gen and that's this is what you're gonna be worried about and help them you know do click funnels and do the landing page and help them get clients i was like okay this is way more simpler and there's an actual like hey you put in this money and then you're gonna get this much money an roi out. yeah so, it's direct measurable yeah so it made sense so i ended up like emailing them because i was in college at the time i'm like damn to go to this event i, I just had my parents you know spend 700 bucks on this program that i know it was probably tough for them and now to get $500 to go to, Dan Henry was uh, doing an event. He was doing AdCon in Orlando, which I went to school in. And 
he uh and i emailed them I'm like hey you know like is there any way that we can work something out i really want to be able to go and so the her his assistant hits me up and she's like okay if you go ahead at the time they were doing the uh, expert secrets books mm -hmm. right and everybody was trying to sell them with their affiliate link and so he said hey, if you go ahead and you buy like 200 like 300 of these books something like that uh we'll go ahead and get you like an extreme it was like half the price for the ticket to go to his event so I literally spent all day buying all these expert secrets books. So why would they want you to buy the expert? So, oh, be, because they were doing a competition. ClickFunnels was doing a competition uh, for for the best for the you know person that brought in the most affiliates. Got it. So that's how so they you just like kept on purchasing the expert secrets. Bro, I still have like so many expert secrets <laughs> books <laughs> to this day, bro. I have stacks, uh, but I was able to go there right, and I met people like Jr. is now a good friend of mine. And so many Jeff Miller, so many really cool people uh, at this event that, you know, to this day, I've seen them thrive and, and become really successful agency owners. Right. And but at the time, like I, I didn't know shit, you know, I'm just there and like he's like, oh, shit, this dude has made a million dollars. Like, that's <laughs> insane. Like in the flesh, yeah. you know, getting to get to see him. So that pointed me in the right direction from there. I was like connected now into the circle and I was able to communicate with other people that were already in business and they looked at me like you know he's hungry we're gonna go ahead and support them and now I had a really really great circle online that was through facebook groups that's right i think that you and i i actually didn't know this until this podcast this is why i love doing this podcast your and i story is so similar it's actually kind of insane and like i wrote down a few things here which was um when you were your whole circle was these dancers and you had this identity around being a dancer and then you wanted to become this uh social media marketer person right and then you had this identity crisis where it's like i i i don't know if i start posting this content am i this person am i an impersonator are people gonna and when i was making the transition online i was gonna be a lawyer whole life it was like i'm gonna be a lawyer i told every single person i talked to i was gonna be a lawyer then i decided secretly just to myself i wasn't gonna be a lawyer anymore and so then i got ty lopez's course and you know it's like oh post on your facebook and my biggest fear was i was like hey i can run these ads or i can post this and everyone would be like yo aren't you a lawyer like aren't you just <laughs> like that was my biggest fear and and it was this identity shift that i had to make and like if you're listening to this right now and you're kind of struggling with that i i hear almost every entrepreneur they have to go at some point, you just gotta break through that and just be like, right. look, for better or for worse, I gotta make this transition because whatever I'm doing right now, it's not fucking working. And like, and so that I, I had to make that. And I actually credit to you, it took me nine months to do that. Uh, and it was only because I had gone $10,000 in debt and I was just, my plan was to reach out to total strangers. So I was cold emailing medical spas and cold calling medical spas all across the United States. Work for me, I'll do a free trial, free trial. Nobody would work with me and literally, it was to the point that I was $10,000 in debt. I was living at my brother's house rent-free and it was pretty much like, this is it. I got to either get a client or I'm get And I just finally posted on my Facebook. I was like, yo, I'll do lead generation. Of it. And then the next 10 days, I did my first $10,000, right? And it's like, it's $3,000 in nine months. The next 10 days, you said? 10 days, I did $10,000. Oh, and that was like, oh, why the, you know, did I not do this <laughs> sooner? And that actually was the genesis of when you joined us in scaling initiative and we did the launch post for you and we, that launched the unlimited leverage that yeah. was the genesis i was like dude hit your network first you and and obviously that worked out really well for you and the second part that i think was a good lesson that where you and i um translate really similar is my first event that i went to uh ironically was jr's event in atlanta and i went to it and i was almost gonna go to that one it was all i, I met like i met jeff uh, seconder justin saunders who i ended up moving with in san diego i met like i got to meet jeff miller andrew crozy who are now like really close friends andrew's now a client of mine uh he's actually coming here later on today we're shooting a podcast like and these are guys that i was like idolizing from the online space but i think that the other really cool thing that you brought up you kind of casually talked about it but that was the first moment where i was surrounded physically by other people who were interested in the same stuff like up until that point like you said you had all the dancer friends maybe then you were isolated right. i had all these lawyer people then i was isolated and it was the first time i could meet someone and be like like you know let's talk about funnels let's talk about zapier let's make facebook ad jokes and that transformed my life and the to give you credit that was the first time i met somebody who was doing a hundred thousand dollars a month with their advertising agency and i was like you know i had just done like a few thousand dollars and i was like this person is pretty and they're like 26 years old i was like this person is like my idol i can't believe they're making a hundred thousand dollars a month doing this stuff and so i think that masterminds are super like the, both those game things, changer dude unbelievable at like seeing somebody else doing what you're doing and then knowing that you can do it as well yeah it, it, it because 
again physically right around us we did not have that we did not we didn't have that mentality yeah right and and all i had was you know people in facebook groups and now to really attach a name to a face and be able to like not communicate on a more personal level and continue on with that relationship it it put me on the path you know where, where i'm at today did did was there anybody who wasn't supportive either in your family or the dancers that you're with that were seeing the content that were like kind of making fun of you whether it was subconsciously consciously oh, was yeah. yeah of course of course all right yeah. let's call them out right <laughs> all right so here goes everybody <laughs> <laughs> i brought the list actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so people would be like who watches these you know and then i'll be like the people who pay me but at the, t- <laughs> but at the time like it wasn't like really getting paid <laughs> but like now obviously like everybody that pays me watches my shit yeah so uh but i would get stuff like that the other thing aside from being a dancer i was going to school because i was getting my engineering degree okay and that was a whole nother thing my parents were completely against me dancing and doing engineering they're like okay well if you're gonna continue dancing why are you going to school for engineering like pursue you know one thing and they would look at dancing as not a career sure. you got to be a professional you know and then you got to get your job and all that stuff so i had a lot of pressure and stress to also find an internship in engineering at the time while this is all happening and trying to learn this whole new world of making money doing what you love to did do did you did you enjoy engineering was that like fun for you i enjoyed math i enjoyed it, math you enjoyed math yeah it's kind of funny getting into the financial education space that you're in right now like, right you enjoyed right math. yeah i've always enjoyed math that's why i ended up choosing engineering be uh but it was just as difficult as before i was going to actually go to medical school prior to that and I was like, okay, no, dancing is taking off. There's no way that I'm doing an extra four years of this. You sound, you sound like a great immigrant son. You know, I come from <laughs> an immigrant family as well. It's like you're either an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer like <laughs> right. that. And then you have this like engineer. Okay, so I want to tr- shift gears right now. And this has been really awesome so far. I think this has been v- very valuable. So obviously now you are, uh, you, you have your first few clients. Like you go to your first mastermind. You have 200 expert secret books in your house at this point, right? But it shows that you're willing to do anything it takes to make it happen. Um, right now you run a really incredible financial education company. I've learned a lot from you in the DeFi space as well, which has been awesome. And obviously you're a client of mine. So I've seen the case studies, testimonials, uh, you know, how incredible your business is. When did like... I, coming from a third world country, you probably didn't have a lot of disposable income. I, I'm going to make an assumption here that probably your parents weren't investing a whole lot of money either, right? Nothing so, like, all. how did the transition start happening? Like, all right, let me start taking some of this money. Let me start putting it into investments for me that can start making me more money. Like, walk me through the journey of how you go from this essentially person doesn't really know what you're doing at all. You learn a skill set, so you make a little bit of money to the point that you're like a full blown investor. You're helping other people invest their money. How did that transition happen? Yeah, so. Aside from doing, you know, brick and mortar and, and helping people like in, in real life and actually showing up and trying to gain their business, right? The thing that clicked for me when making money on the internet was after I had gotten my first client, then I'm like, I went on Facebook and I said, hey guys, I want to go ahead and teach, you know, five people how to get one client in like the next 30 days, $200, okay? <laughs> Bro, every, I had people just, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I was like, this is wild. Like from people that, you know, just random people on, on the internet. And I started, that was like my first 1,000 online. Wow. You know, I was able to lock them in. Um, and, you know, that's kind of started my, I've always loved teaching. Yeah. Even prior to doing everything that I'm doing now. before I mean, teaching dance, choreographer, uh, back in high school, tutoring, tutoring math. And, uh, and yeah, now, you know, it was just internet marketing, how to get clients, how to get results with clients. So that started to now put me in a position where, okay, I'm, I'm building an audience, right? I'm building a place of people. I was able to get them results. So now it's, that's where my, uh, uh, people that I was helping out began to grow and it started putting me into places where I could interact with other like Facebook group, uh, owners, for example. And I've started getting the opportunity to, I graduated and then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna start traveling. You know, I started investing into more programs, but as I started traveling and meeting these people that I had bought programs for, that had built relationships with on the internet, I began to see that they're not real, they, they're selling passive income, but it wasn't actually passive income. You know, they're literally on their laptops all day, like either selling a course or building their business, but it wasn't passive at all. So they're selling everybody this dream, this lifestyle but they weren't actually living it, 
Okay. And I began to, okay. Like it's passive income a myth. I know that making money online is no longer a myth because I've been doing it. I know so many people that have been doing it successfully making shit ton of money from right. But now how do we go ahead and, and make actual passive income? So again, just went to go seek a, a mentor, this mentor of mine from Australia name also happens to be Lewis. <laughs> and, uh, he got me to finally start investing. You know, he got me to understand the difference between making money and managing your money. This is Lewis Mocker. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So well, beast. Yeah. Awesome yeah. guy. A few of the guys I've spoken to that uh, we're having John Whiting tomorrow on here and Jeff was on here. I know both of them. Oh yeah. 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 Well. That, that's, that's how Jeff and I connected. Oh really? Was yeah, yeah. There? yeah. Yeah. So, um, with, with, with all of that, right. Just seeing the big difference and people in internet marketing so focused on just making money like this. And it's so easy to make money that quick in that space. Uh, especially that time with, with all the agencies and everybody just buying from the, you know, from everybody, <laughs> it was hilarious. So everybody's just focused on that and making more money and then their income is going up and so is their lifestyle expenses. Right. And then they're literally just stuck in that same hamster wheel that they were back in their nine to five, except now they're self-employed, but they're still doing that same thing. So, um, I took the money that I was earning cause I was at the time I had the agency going, then I was like, okay, I need something a little bit more passive. So I started getting into affiliate marketing I started for all the softwares, uh, like click funnels, active campaign, you know, that I was using at the time. So that was generating good semi-passive stuff. Cause I was still need to create content around and, and bring in people that was good recurring income. Uh, but now I started getting into the market, right. And investing into things like the S and P 500 and really understanding the future value of the money that we have today and inflation right right and more about economics and more about finance and i just fell in love with that space because i'm like okay this is true passive income i don't actually have to you know trade my time for the money that i'm generating in this form and so that's where the shift happened it was because i was traveling and getting to meet all these people that are making all this money on the internet but they're actually tr still trading their time and not there's nothing passive about that but passive income is not a myth Right. And, and being able to, to do that takes time. You do need money. So focus on, you know, cash flowing businesses first. So then you can contribute that. And that's why I was able to, you know, get it to a point where now I have a business around that. But before I was building all these different streams, I would funnel uh, what I love to do with investing. Yeah, the I think the last thing you just said on there was so powerful in the sense that we need to make sure like when we're giving advice and people talk about passive income, et cetera, et cetera. First of all, I'm not a financial advisor. You're not a financial advisor, but the idea behind like everyone's trying to invest their money so quickly and so early on. And in reality, let's be honest, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, maybe even $10,000 invested. You're not going to live your entire life off that. Like that's not, I mean, that's peanuts in the whole grand scheme of things. And so I always warn people when they're trying to, to, to invest money early, I'm like, okay, my recommendation, well, I shouldn't say my recommendation because I'm not a financial advisor, but my theory is that <laughs> put that money in yourself like you did, like I did. Right. Programs, masterminds, like even traveling is an investment in yourself, learning more about yourself, getting experience, connection with other people, that's something that you value. And then from that, you'll be able to learn skill sets that then spins off so much cash flow that then you have like, okay, there's no way... Like right now, the amount of money that we spend off the cash in our business every month, there's no way I could like throw it back into the business immediately. Everything would just break, right? So it's like, I have to be investing this money at this point. And the amount of money that I'm now investing has significant impact. Like, you know, I could actually get a decent return from it. So I think when you talked about focus on building the cash flow, it doesn't even have to be a business. It could just be a cash flow skill set. Like, you know, any of these yeah. things, just something that cash flows a decent amount of money so that you can invest it, I think is is really, really critical. And you start getting into the S&P, like you start investing your money inside of this. Do you sunset the agency and the affiliate marketing? How do you get into like full-time education? And then how do you then get into, um, into like the actual crypto slash DeFi space? Yeah. So I started investing into crypto. Uh, I remember the week of me graduating and actually Andrew and I, uh, like we go back. I had, I had, uh, met Andrew whenever he was doing sales and I had my Facebook group and he was one of the people that wanted to learn. 
So we would just jump on Zoom and I would just coach him and mentor him on like all the, awesome. all the all the Facebook ads agency stuff. This dude started taking action, bro. Within like forty five days, he quit his job. He was already making ten grand. This is Andrew Crozy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and that was because he had prior uh, skill set, which was sales. Right, he was just doing that all day. So whenever you have those skill sets and you just you know mix it with the with the right business model, which in my opinion at, at the time and through. Even up to today, I think the agency model, you know, anybody that wants to generate some cash flow, uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good business model to get into. Um, but he was able to, to do that. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is really awesome. Right. To like be able to see that he became one of my great friends. Um, and then through that week, we also ended up, uh, selling, uh, messenger bots at the time. Right. That was, that was huge. That was the hot thing. Yeah. So we became like the bot bros. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and it was funny like, that was like the whole branding but now he had his own uh group i had my own group and now we mixed our audiences um and that week i would uh had made twelve thousand dollars and that was the most i had ever made like in my entire life in a single week yeah. right and it was also the week that i was graduating and like me telling my parents i was so emotional about it because <laughs> i'm like i'm graduating and like okay like this is how i know I won't be pursuing engineering yeah right so that's when like i i literally dropped engineering i retired from engineering when i graduated right and then i decided to focus on did your parents marketing. believe you when you said you made twelve thousand? like how did they take it when you said like that you made twelve thousand? uh for like days? the next like two years my mom was still telling everybody that i was an engineer <laughs> <laughs> no because she just didn't know how, she, like, how i was, explain it yeah, yeah, yeah how i was making money it. or even like you know believing yeah. and even my family like i just since i just came back from peru right and everything, I mean, financially has changed in my life. And so for them, extreme pro- poverty, you know, still like literally built, like living in like lakes and wooden stuff. And there's no Wi-Fi, there's nothing. And they asked the question, like, did you like do it like legally? Did you like make all this money, like not doing people wrong? I'm like, yeah, like this is like all legit because they, they just don't know, right? Yeah. It's, it's without the their their there's there's fear of like just thinking that, yeah, that can be achieved it's their edge honestly that's why i really love like uh, what elon musk and a few people are doing by getting even amazon getting wi-fi in like africa yeah. and some areas in south america because it is kind of crazy like you know you and i are in this world we're in this bubble like you know you're like oh i made 12 grand and i'm like dude that's awesome it makes sense i'm not questioning it but like you go to somebody who doesn't have access to the internet and you tell them that you made twelve thousand dollars in seven days online they're gonna 100 percent think it's illegal like they're not gonna <laughs> believe you like you were selling drugs you killed somebody and i think that's like the cool thing kind of circling this back into education again like and you run an education company and obviously so do i i i do think that a lot of these problems stem from lack of education and like it's not anybody's fault like you know your parents or anybody in Peru wasn't necessarily like being disrespectful when they said, did you do something illegal? It was just that they literally couldn't fathom someone making that amount of money in seven days. Exactly, man. It, it, it was wild. So I, I ended up dropping, that's how I dropped engineering and then going through digital marketing. Uh, I was first offering it as a service as an agency and then I started teaching and I was finding more fulfillment by te- just teaching others because I mean, working with business owners, as, as you know, like, you know, it's very different than working with uh, another entrepreneur, you know, in the online space, right there. So I was like, okay, they're paying the ass. I don't want to go ahead and work with them and just slowly started dropping them and just started focusing on that education aspect for that. And then my journey into the more passive stuff, that's when I was doing affiliate marketing and then e-commerce, right? Because I was like, okay, cool. I Things can get a li- even a little bit more passive now. Uh, but even though I like the agency space, uh, I'm still like, I don't want to deal with clients, right? I want something that's, that I don't got to talk to people. So I, I feel like marketing was doing well. I had my stores with e-commerce. I freaking achieved what people want to be able to do with e-com, which is, you know, all my ads were running. I had my VAs doing absolutely everything. I was like literally not doing, um, absolutely anything at the time to the point where life was boring, you know? And I'm like, okay, I'm living in this dope ass place and cash flow is great but you know in, in terms of that business model it just wasn't fulfilling you know i had the money to now invest into other things but the business wasn't what my purpose was right so that's when i knew like okay a lot of my attention like what i'm doing in my free time is looking at more investments right learning about again i had invested into crypto at the time and everything was going down because it was uh like 
2020, uh, you know, when the pandemic happened and everything and the market crashed and I had capital to make some more investments. And so I ended up, you know, pouring money like into Bitcoin. Into Did you Ethereum. just like believe in it? Like did, what, what made you so, into crypto? So I had already seen some of the returns, you know, from crypto from being back in 2017. And I had like not touched anything. It's money was still sitting in my Coinbase account. But what really made me want to um, move into like put my money there at that time was I was literally just throwing money in different directions for like the passive stuff. Like, and I was, uh, that's when I first started living in Vegas. There was an opportunity for uh, sports betting, like automation. You've heard about like e-commerce automation. There was um, all these different things. And I was just like, oh, you need 10? Okay, you need 20, boom. <laughs> and I was just throwing money, like at all these different opportunities, right? And then one of the opportunities that I was throwing money at, they're like, oh, yeah, no, this is not the best time. Let's just go ahead and wait. And thank God I waited because that all went to shit. Like, everybody's money went to zero. And then I had this capital. Then I decided, okay, cool. I'm just going to put it, you know, into in, more into crypto. And freaking, you know, paid off <laughs> like that, that saying no to that opportunity. And I was like, all right, cool. And then next thing you know, boom, the bull market begins. And she just freaking takes off. Um, so this was like early, uh, early 2020. And just seeing what was happening with crypto and already knowing about investing in finance, I had a buddy of mine who was also in the in the e-commerce space and drop shipping. He would always find different ways to make money. But like this dude would not ever focus on one thing. Like he was good at finding cash flowing opportunities all the time. But and and this was one of them where he just he was like, yo, I put a hundred bucks and I'm making a hundred dollars a day. I was like, how is that even possible, man? Like I know it, you can make money, but like without doing anything and like he would show me and at the time i mean he was showing me yield farming but i didn't know what it was because he was a horrible teacher <laughs> horrible teacher but he was just showing me that he's like clicking stuff around and i'm like man like i don't i'm not sold i don't i don't believe it like you're like the people in peru right now you know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's what right about. like like he's like showing me but it was tough to believe because I'm like how like where's the money coming from like how's this how's this working man and i i let it i let it go for like 2 or 3 months and you know and i still see that he's still making money and he's like making money now with like bitcoin casino he's like oh they're like clicking buttons or any more bitcoin doing all this shit uh to make money but he was still like doing this whole you know earning compounded interest on his crypto on these weird tokens and i'm like okay let me let me do my own research because this man cannot teach. So I started like looking into stuff and I started learning about DeFi and I'm like, holy shit, this Which is, is decentralized finance. Decentralized. Yep. Yeah. Short for decentralized finance, pretty much, you know, modeling everything, the, the financial products and services that we currently have in with traditional uh, institutions. And so seeing that, all of these things with money were now available, but in just this different world with cryptocurrency, it really sparked my interest in, in, in seeing like, holy shit, I could literally invest into the S&P through this vehicle. It's completely centralized, right? So it's a peer-to-peer -peer network now where I can do everything that I was doing before, but now I can do it on the blockchain. And that piqued my interest even more. And I started learning much more about DeFi started diving way deeper into crypto and um, at the time I mean last year during this time like nobody was really talking about DeFi and that's when I was already you know teaching um, talk well talking about passive income and all that stuff but I was teaching people mostly about um, stock market and then just like centralized exchanges where you know you could just like for example Voyager or, um, or you can just buy cryptocurrency there and you're like earning a, you know a percentage on there but we weren't diving super deep into DeFi, even though i was already doing that and i was already making money through DeFi. but when i presented people the opportunity of crypto all of a sudden like that was a hit you know and people were like i want to learn more of that like liquidity pools you know they want to learn about all these concepts that they had never heard of before and though and you begin to like learn so much more about how money works in that sense um and i, I started to just tailor the program now more around cryptocurrency and more about DeFi, but I didn't know how to make it sexy because I'm like, you know, and we've had this discussion, right? Where it's like, yeah, I can't tell somebody they're going to make a million in like five years, 
you know, because they, they want the money right yeah. now. And so uh, going through that and thankfully, you know, we were able to figure out a bunch of different strategies and, and things started to work where people started making more money. People started putting more capital in there, uh, started getting really good, great results with all that stuff. But when when we were making that transition now, it was like nobody was talking about DeFi. So let's so let's kind of define it. I want to I'm back up for one second. And I do want to talk about DeFi because um, you're, you're an expert on it. I have questions on it. I'm sure people that are listening to this have questions on it as well. Can I give you what I understand about DeFi? Yeah. And you just correct me if I'm wrong. I could be totally wrong with this. But um, so cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, we'll just use Bitcoin as the uh, as a leader here. It's essentially replacing dollar or gold, we'll just say gold, right? On the currency side of things, yeah. an exchange of value, right? And through the introduction of, of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and then blockchain, which supports that, then other industries or other areas was like, okay, Essentially, this is the new age of currency. What else are we using antiquated and out of date systems in? And obviously, the first next thing when you're talking about currency is the financial institution, right? And so DeFi is essentially like a bank or uh, borrowing or lending or investing, but decentralized. So it's not like, you know, for example, 2008, all these banks went under in decentralized finance. I think that you, it could still go under, but it's not controlled by one person. Is that correct? Am I right. on the right track on that stuff? Yeah, okay. there, there's absolutely no middle person, right? So, for example, if anything happens with a client in your business, you have the final say, right? If anything happens, for example, with Robinhood, as we have seen, right, there's, there's been scandals where they're the ones that have the final say as to what is happening with your money. So in DeFi, that's not the case, right, because it is governed by the people. And also, we're the ones that are making interactions directly without, and this is how we can earn, you know, much more money versus having the bank being the business that's profiting from all the transactions. So you're the removing the bank in this transaction and all of the money that they're making, which is like multiples, you know, bank gives you like I was on with my private banker the other day and it's like, She's like, oh, this savings account gives you 0.0003%. Like, you know, aren't you excited about that? And so it's like, you know, the, and then they're making multiples higher. From, so you're essentially moving the bank and you now, because I actually was helping you write your video sales letter. And I remember yeah. like learning all this stuff when I was doing it. That's why I like doing what I do, because I get to learn so much about it. So I'm like learning about DeFi while I'm writing your sales letter. And uh, one of the things that I was learning was like, so you're, you're essentially the middleman. You're now taking the bank or you're not the middleman. There is no more middleman. And then you can almost become a bank yourself. Is that correct? Yeah. So like we are taught to deposit money uh -huh. right into banks. Whenever we do that, right. We, we think that we have now an asset, right. But to the bank, that's a liability, right? So then the way that they convert that liability into an asset is by lending out your money to somebody else in the form of credit. So then that person that now goes and gets credit from the bank, they now that have this capital, but then they also need to go ahead and give them interest on top of that. Right. So this interest, they're the ones that are profiting all this, right? It's like 20 something percent APR on any credit card that's given out while we're only given 0. 0.0000, <laughs> right? Like 1%. They're the ones that are doing all of this times like 10, like 10 X that, yep. right? Especially with, uh, because of the system that we have, we have a fractional reserve system. I mean, they can, we can put in a dollar, they can print out 10. Which is, yeah. And I think that was, we won't get into the 2008, but yeah. And, and all the previous recessions, but, and a great book. I don't know if you ever read, um, uh, the creature of Jekyll Island. Have you ever read that book? No. Oh my God. You, it's, it's hard to even find, but they talk about the fractional reserve system. Essentially what Lewis is talking about here is like the idea that you can put $1 in and then the bank can loan that out 10 different times to 10 different people. And then the question becomes, well, what happens if all 10 of those, if you come back and you want that dollar and there's no answer to that, they, they, go, they, they go bankrupt, they go bankrupt. But then the system is set up so that they're in cahoots with the U.S. government, so they're not going to go bankrupt because all we're doing is printing fake money, fiat money. So then they just give them more money. They just print more money, and it's eating away. That's what inflation is. We won't go into that rabbit hole, but so so they're doing fractional lending. They're loaning out, and then you're pretty much coming in. You're saying, ah, you know what? Instead of you doing all that stuff, I want to do that myself. Is exactly. That correct? Exactly. So now instead of having the bank, the bank is replaced by software, right? Software that is just literally code and math right and if this is going to happen then this will happen so if i go ahead and i'm like okay if i deposit you know ten thousand dollars here and then you come along and you want to go ahead and borrow all the interest rates 
right? They're variable. It's not like the system that we have right now where a person says that's going to be 2%, you know, uh, interest on that. Now, because we have this, it's all mathematical equations that have developed this sustainable, you know, economic system inside of the DeFi space that allows us to continue to interact and that it only acts if, you know, the money's actually there. So, so you can't, so what determines the interest percentage, the formula and what is that formula the form, based The formula. Of? Yeah. So it depends from protocol to protocol. Got it. They all have different algorithms that they use and it is available to every, to everyone. And isn't it like almost some, some platforms are DeFi in the true essence of the word, but aren't other platforms not DeFi? Because like if a US based company owns the platform isn't that not decentralized finance at that point? right okay right, yeah right yeah, yeah. so like what are some of the ones that you use that you're like hey i feel comfortable like for people that are listening to this and obviously i'm not saying invest your money in like we'll talk about yeah. later how they can potentially maybe not make a mistake but even for my own curiosity where are you like hey this is where i typically go to loan money and i don't feel like i'm gonna have the money taken away from um ave ave is definitely how do you a, spell it a real aave okay yeah it's one of uh you got jack writing like, this down over here he said like, <laughs> that's how you know it's good that's how you know it's good it's like top like top three because the cool thing about all of this stuff is we can actually see the numbers right in front of us right and this allows us to make better decisions with our money so if i'm seeing how much money is actually in here which in crypto i mean it's it's insane to see i've seen projects go from literally literally zero to a billion dollars right in 30 days and I'm not talking like you create a business and that business is valued at a billion. No, I'm talking like there's cash literally in this platform. There's a billion dollars in this in 30 days. So uh, the the platform would be like Ave would be that's what you, would be like that would be an example right. of one that it, goes it, to a billion dollars. It, it, exactly. Okay. Like there's like these applications that exist, you know, in the world of DeFi that this this is how like so much money is just flowing in there and, and the volume of transactions that are happening every single day. I mean, you can see it. it's it's literally in the millions and billions. Right. So if you just get a small piece of the pie and you have your money be productive for you, right? If you just park your Bitcoin right there in this application and it's working for you without you having to do absolutely anything. Now there's no middle person. Now you're earning higher interest. So walk me through like I'm a golden retriever. I have a question. So I have two questions for you. My and I'll ask them in order. My first one is why was the algorithm because I've seen some of these DeFi things. Like I said, I've like obviously you're a client of mine. I've seen your testimonials. How, why would someone want to get loan out? Like, how do you get like a 50% interest rate, a hundred percent interest rate? Like you said, that guy put a hundred dollars in and he's getting a hundred dollars every single day. Like, right. How do you get, why would that, why would the algorithm ever work like that? How does that make sense? Yeah. So with let's, let's go back to Robin hood example, right? Anytime that you want to go ahead and, and buy stock, right? You have, you have the cash. They're the ones that are on the stock and you do the, the exchange. So now they have your cash and then you have the stock, but in their platform. Okay. And when that transaction happened, there was a fee, right? They're the ones that are making this profit. So now we go ahead and we look at DeFi and because there's no actual company, there still needs to be liquidity. Liquidity is at the core, right? Money's at the core of every single transaction that needs to happen. So this, this leaves room for investors like us to then provide. Okay, cool. If you came along and you wanted to buy Apple stock and, but you would need cash for that in order to execute that trade. So then an investor like myself goes into this platform and I can contribute both cash and the Apple stock into now this, what becomes a pool, right? And all of us that are contributing to this pool, get a certain percentage of the, of what's making up this pool. Okay. So that begins to grow so far. Makes sense. So yeah. Far, yep. Okay, cool. So the larger that this pool begins to grow, your share of this pool becomes smaller, right? So therefore the interest that you're getting also shrinks. Okay. So that's why it becomes variable. There's some other platforms that are like fixed, but in DeFi, most of the time, the earlier that you're in, and this is why we're extremely early. This is why the interest rates are insane, right? Uh, it's because there's not that many like users. Now, and, does that increase, which is now my second question. And that was a great explanation. Well, obviously my biggest fear is I put a hundred thousand dollars in this DeFi Ave, something like that, and it's gone. Like something like a rug pool, yeah. liquidity changes, right? So like 
how do you protect against that? And like when you do come in here and the liquidity pool is not that large, isn't there also, from what I know of liquidity pools from like, for example, some of the tax plays that I'm doing as well, sometimes it's, it's not great to have a small liquidity pool because right. obviously liquidity is what everybody wants, right? It keeps everything kind of running. So is that also the, the, the lower the liquidity pool, the higher your interest rates, but also the higher the risk? It walked me through, for the people that listen to this as well, like where's the real risk? Because anytime, imagine I'm like this person in, in Peru that, you know, living in a hut, you come to me and you're like, yeah, you'll get a hundred, you'll double your money every single day. I'd be like, all right, like this is definitely going to fall collapse. So what are the risks involved and how do you avoid them? Yeah. So there's definitely one, everybody before investing needs to figure out what is their risk tolerance, right? We all have different amount of cash that we bring in and therefore we can expose ourselves to different risks. Now, crypto is risky, right? Especially DeFi. DeFi is still in the wild, wild west. Now, the people that are usually in this, they're all degens, right? The majority of people. But Degenerates. Yes. But you can really be, a, a, I would consider myself a conservative investor with the things that I do. And one of the things that we preach is portfolio allocation, right? Being able to be diversified even when you're in DeFi. Because a lot of people, they see this opportunity that's bringing them 80,000% APY. And then all of a sudden they want to dump 100% of their money that they're putting in there. And next thing you know, boom, you know, it goes to zero. And then they lost 100% of their So funds. how does it go to zero? That's my question. Like how would it go, boom, go to zero? So a, a lot of, so a few things can happen. Uh, a, few, a few ways that you can lose your money in DeFi are, one, they're... Uh, you get rug pulled, right? Which is the developers completely just like steal your money and that's it. The other thing is people begin to just lose uh, trust. They lose confidence in a specific project and therefore just begin to sell. This is literally what happened to Luna uh, yeah. a few weeks ago, right? Just because there was an attack by a couple of, uh, by a couple of entities that were done and it triggered a massive sell-off, right? It just triggers so much more like liquidations people that were like on leverage and then it just goes down 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 and people that have no idea they only understand this at a very surface level they just see that it's red and then it's going and then they sell right which makes up the majority of investors like people are not doing their homework and they're having them proper research and all this stuff they don't understand the fundamentals and so they're just literally acting out of emotions at this point right they, they didn't uh properly allocate and i say to have no more than 15 percent in a in a single coin okay no matter what it like is like in a DeFi platform no yeah DeFi. Okay, yeah gotcha. yeah yeah well just crypt, crypt, crypto cryptocurrency yeah crypto in, in general um and so if a coin were to go to zero like you don't lose your your 100 of your portfolio right and you it also gives you opportunity to start mitigating risk there the other thing the other way that you can mitigate risk is by now they're offering insurance um in the DeFi space Right. So they have specific applications and developers that are literally focused on helping you navigate uh, these events that coins can go to zero um, or that applications can literally suffer from um, the smart contracts like get, getting hacked or like there's an error, like a bug on the code. Right. So that's another way that one can lose. Their, how their, how their do you um, how, and what is an example of the insurance companies? Just because I want to make sure we give value. Like, do you have any off the top of your head that you're like, hey, uh, ne Nexus, Nexus, Nexus is, Nexus is pretty good. And uh, so the uh, we've talked about how to mitigate the risk for two out of those three things. But for the rug pool, is there any like, do you just have to do research beforehand? Like, how do you make sure that you don't get yeah. kind of screwed? So, so the, the so the rug pool is uh, it's interesting because, again, like people go into this and put their money. It, it's like, I don't know you. I don't even know like what your face looks like. I just know that you're typing on the internet, right? And all of a sudden I want to give you money. Like that's kind of what most developers are. They're like anonymous, you know, in, in this space. And rightfully so because, uh, and even me putting myself out there with, you know, with this education, you know, you, be, you become a target. I mean, like with all these scam accounts that pop up and want to scam all these people for, for their money in the crypto space, it can get sensitive. So, um, there's all these people that are building that are anonymous and if you decide to invest in them like you you don't know you know it could you could either go to the moon or food stamps <laughs> right so now i only go ahead and, and make investments when i see that this is real people and that i could actually attend events and hear from them directly as to what is going on now 
that has, uh, for the most part, that has played out pretty well. But then in some cases, you know, you have people that are willing to lose their whole entire reputation just to scam, you know, a few million bucks and that's it. But because it happened in DeFi, I mean, they can get away with it because there's no regulations, but it doesn't take away the fact that if they learn where you, where, where you live, right, they can come after you. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's, you know, that's how you kind of like navigate that scenario. Man, that's so crazy. Yeah. It's like, and I've always even wanted to get into DeFi myself. You know, I've been really grateful to have you as a client and, and watching you, you kind of take off. And then I have another client of mine in the DeFi space. I've learned a lot from you guys. I still haven't done it yet, but like I want to, this is, this has been really helpful. So I appreciate you sharing all of this. I want to shift gears really quickly to the business side of things, because obviously I have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this. Um, you and I have been working together for a year and a year. Yeah. Like a little literally over a year. Literally yeah, yeah. A year yeah. yeah. I guess yeah, literally a year and a month and a half really. <laughs> Um, and like, we helped you launch unlimited leverage, which is your guys company today that you guys have exploded. And I love seeing your growth inside of it. Um, literally when we first started, I don't think you had any clients in this education, right? Zero. Yeah. It wasn't then, even, I, I knew that I wanted to create a product and that was it. Yeah. And then, and now I know you guys are doing six figures plus a month. You guys are helping so many people. So I think it would be irresponsible for me not to talk a little bit about the business side of things. Cause you've done some incredible stuff. I mean, uh, even faster growth than really me and my, uh, when I first launched, now you had me in the corner, so that was nice. I didn't have me in the corner, but um, so talk to me really quickly. Going from like zero to hundreds and hundreds of clients in the first year, what were some of the biggest lessons like that you learned? Like, give me like two things that you figured out really early on that was like, okay, this is b- consistently the reason why I'm winning, or maybe this is consistently the reason why I'm losing. Like, was some of it because you were in the DeFi space and you're just like putting a surfboard in front of a wave and everybody wants to learn more about it? Was it like these tactics that you're using? What were some of the things that people who are looking either in the financial ca- education space or maybe even just in business in general that you're like, hey, these yeah. are some core principles that have always helped me grow this business right so it, go, it goes back to you know when i first uh, was introduced to the agency model there was like different elements that you need in order to have a thriving business right when it came to what i was already doing since i had all this practice in marketing i was always curious to see what my marketing skills would do whenever i applied them into a whole different industry and going into finance, I was seeing everybody that was there and I'm like, bro, I could literally crush these people. Yeah, yeah. I'm like my marketing skills. I was extremely confident in that. And I was already sell- I had already sold high ticket previously. So I'm like, shit, I got something that freaking works and something that I'd love to talk about. Right. And now finding more people that also enjoy the same thing I'm like th- this is it. So prior uh, to even building that out. You know, I, I was already in line with my purpose. I knew my values and I knew that this is what I wanted to build. And so my commitment to that was investing into SI, right? Scaling initiative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So went to, you know, I showed up to the event. I didn't even see like what the pitch was. I just saw like the, the Valley stack at the end. And I'm like, yo, that looks pretty, that looks pretty good. (laughs) What is that? So I got with Connor, sat in your car and uh, that's where I was sold. Right. And so I made, made that investment. I'm like, okay, cool. We're starting off this business in, in negative. Was right? that the biggest investment you had made at the time? Yes, or, yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. So we already like in the red, right? <laughs> Which goes uh, and like every <laughs> single, every single thing that I've always started, I've always sold first, yeah. right? I've al- always sold first. Uh, but now this time around, no, no clients <laughs> already, already in the negative. And then I'm like, but I had faith that this is going to work out because this is literally what I love to talk about. And, if anything, I'm already making money with my own investments. Sure. You know, so this was something that also like fueled me and energized me to like, I just want to build. And coming at it from that perspective versus every other business model that I had done before, like I knew that there was no, um, there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to make seven figures in, in 12 months. Because you, because you just like, it was so aligned with the values of everything that right. you love that you. And, and, and knowing that other people had done it, like, I have, I mean, so many friends around me, you know, make freaking eight figures a a year, seven figures. And so I know what the model looks like. Now it's just a matter of actually doing the work to execution on it. Yeah. Just taking action. Right. And I already had the knowledge and the skill to offer people. 
that they could pay me now it's just a matter of like do you have the money to to be able to have me help you out and is that like when we launched the um the launch post forward and i think you guys did right. like 40 grand in 10 days 50. yeah 50 grand in 10 days it was so that pretty much you know validated the whole thing paid out everything <laughs> right yeah and then it validated the whole thing which was awesome as well do you think that was probably the largest launch you guys have done today. Do you think it was also because you were like, you were like on the sales calls, do you feel like you felt more confident selling the thing that you were selling because you were like, Dude, this just changed my life and I know it'll change yours as well. Yeah. I was, I was super fired up when I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like ready to put it out. You know, whipped up my phone, got on Instagram, did the stories. And then we were like booked out. Well, I was booked out for like the, the next three days. It was over the weekend and you know, just, you know closing people on all these calls and getting re ready for the beta you know to be launched because i had not created anything yep i just knew what i had done and now i'm like okay cool now it's time to deliver and i already had previous experience creating programs in the past so again like the the whole marketing you know obviously with with the with the frameworks that, that you helped out with um now getting on the calls um and then doing the actual fulfillment for it it was everything that I had already practiced before in other businesses that had done like six figures. But now the reason why this was a breakthrough was simply because this is what I what I really wanted to do. I, I, I wanted to touch on just because I had a video that I talked about this recently, one of my recent YouTube videos about like finding your passion, purpose, values and how I say it's kind of bullshit in the sense that most people will sit back on the sidelines and use the excuse i don't have my passion yet so i'm not i'm not, i haven't found the thing that so i'm still mm -hmm. doing this thing that i yeah. hate and i think you did it really well and also once again we have such a similar story like i didn't wake up and be like i'm so passionate to run ads for real yeah. estate agents like that wasn't what i woke up and i was passionate about but it was through that that i learned I'm actually really good at helping people scale their business like and grow because I scaled mine really well exact same way that through you doing the agency the e-commerce stuff then you started investing your own money and you realize you're really good at it you're really good at teaching other people that launched your company as well so like I love that piece of advice and I just want to caveat it with like it's not like you knew from day one that you were going to be running this DeFi financial education crypto program it's through the things that you were doing and through a journey of putting yourself out there, failure, putting yourself out there, failure, putting yourself out there, success, failure, that then that opened up the road to finally ending you up, you know, at my events, then being like, this is the thing I need to do. And I, I love that story. And I want to wrap this up with one more question for you, which is, we just talked about biggest win, what you need. Now you're obviously six figures plus a month, you guys are crushing it. Um, you messaged me the other day about how you're going to be speaking with like on a show uh, with somebody pretty important coming up. I'm not going to say who the person was, but kind of full circle. You messaged me in December when you guys yeah, had the first yeah. month. Yeah, uh, you can share who it is, but I'm not going to share who it is. But uh, you messaged me. That was like full circle compared to this wow, whole insane. story here. Insane. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But the thing I want to ask you is like, what's the, one of the biggest mistakes that you think you made um, early on? Like, like now what, what's I could, admit, well, well, I, we, we actually talked about it. Yeah. What, I didn't want to assume, but I wanted to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was definitely having a business partner. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, our relationship was amazing. Uh, he started off as one of my students and he, he was living proof, you know, that all this stuff worked, but when it came to business and again, like learning more about the data and the numbers specifically from, from you guys and looking at it from that lens, you know, I was having different conversations and we we're really diving into the numbers. It just made no sense because for me again to, I, I would only be able to think of, you know, a business doing this much money, but now it's like, okay, you really got to shift to, what if this business, you know, doing a hundred million, what is that going to look like with those percentages and those numbers? Is this individual deserving of that piece of the pie? And the answer was no. Right. So that kept on going for several months up until, you know, make, making that decision. It was very tough emotionally because it wasn't just business, but you know, he, he, he was, he was uh, a really great friend of mine and had to make that shift happen. And literally, within the next 30 days, you know, we did over six figures Yeah, when we in were, a month, yeah. yeah, in a month when we were consistently averaging anywhere between like 30 to 60, you know? Yeah. I think it's, I always joke about like my clients in, so Lewis is in scaling initiative, which is a highest level program. So for people who don't have context, who just know scaling with systems, but you know, 
I, I always make the joke that like, I think I ruin, I don't ruin, but I break up more partnerships in the scaling initiative than anything else, like anybody else out there. Because most of the time, I think people get into partnerships for the wrong reasons. And man, I've seen people come in at zero with partnerships and people come in at 10 million a year with partnerships. And I will say that majority of the time it doesn't work. And if you're listening to this right now, and maybe you're sitting there with your partners right next to you and you guys are like staring at each other, like, holy shit, like this guy's speaking the truth. <laughs> the truth is, is that, also, I know the other guy that you were talking about as well, incredibly smart, talented individual in his own right, like for sure, right? right. Because through you, I got to really get, become close with him. And it wasn't serving him either, right? Like it this does, situation, exactly. he was he was being bottlenecked at his full potential as yes. well. And it's like it's like relationships. Like it's like it's it's a lot of other examples of this is like you know you guys. It's not the end of the world if you guys break up, and you're really not doing that other person a lot of favors if you you saw the future and you said if I'm at a hundred million, I don't think this guy's going to be the 50-50 partner in this. So then you did the right thing, and you were like, okay, this is where we end this now, so that you don't devote five years of your life and then it ends up ends up being not a relationship that will work out right. you know what i mean right yeah i think at the end of the day it benefits both parties regardless of where people are from because when you look at it in terms of how the value is exchanged right if, if you look at it from a lens like it doesn't lie and you know that okay the value that we're bringing to the company just wasn't what it is wasn't wasn't what was represented by the numbers and i think that also going back to like you being aligned with your values and like every day what you're doing is like what you like to do i think that what also happens is there also becomes a disconnect like you're not living your true self when daily you're like i don't think that you should be here but you're still here mm -hmm. or you shouldn't be making this money and so then you might start losing touch or love with your business or what you're doing it, it become I mean, I've had some people inside of that at 10, 15 million a year that we've had. And it's like, like you said, as soon as that person leaves or, or that relationship split up, they just take off to the moon, right? Yeah. And it's not necessarily that that person was preventing them from doing it in the sense that they were a terrible person, but also like even you as the entrepreneur might've been falling out of love with the business or what you were doing because there was, I don't want to use the word insidious, but just not great relationship that like not matched up relationship that was kind of keeping you from growth. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it really challenged me to, you know, take it up show and show up, have more responsibility, more accountability for 100% of the things that were happening. So what you've done really well, obviously, now that your business has taken off, dude. Lewis, man, what an incredible interview, brother. That was uh, awesome. I really appreciate you coming on here. I learned a lot for sure, both on the business side and something that I've been dying to learn more about, which is dancing. No, about, <laughs> about DeFi, about DeFi. But uh, so people listen to this right now, I, I have a bunch more questions as well. I'm sure they do also about DeFi, learning more, investing, or if they're just like, yo, Lewis is an awesome guy. I want to learn more about them. What's like the best place that people can find you or contact you? Best place would be unlimitedleverage.com and on Instagram, at Lewis X Alvarado. Awesome. We will drop both of those in the notes down below. Thank you guys so much for your time and I'll see you in the next one. How old were you at this point? I was 18. Okay. So I wasn't making a ton of money. Sure. But like I was making a couple hundred bucks. I was, you know, driving to my old high school, picking up a round of kids and taking <laughs> them to my house to train. I'm like, this is awesome. And so that pretty much started my entrepreneur journey in fitness. And one thing led to another. I started an online business, which is great. 